Hi, and welcome to Job Search the Smart Way, a podcast for graduate students and PhDs. If you're wondering what you can do with your degree, you're in the right place. You'll learn top tips and strategies you can apply to build an impactful career and meaningful life. Your host, Dr. Marin Wood, will share evidence-based research so that you can job search the smart way. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. I'm Dr. Marin Wood. Thank you so much for joining me. I've spent the past week doing research, a lot of literature review, um, into the career outcomes for masters and PhDs as I've been working on a white paper. And I got to tell you, it's pretty devastating reading. There is so much research out there that is showing that alumni, masters and PhDs are really struggling. And they're struggling because they are unable to build the careers they want after investing so much time and money. Have you ever wondered about university rankings? You know, like when you see those lists of like the various rankings of universities, how those are determined? Well, I did some research and, you know, it's all about research outputs and productivity. It has nothing to do with if alumni actually get jobs, which is kind of staggering if you think about it, because the reason people pursue advanced degrees is to build careers they otherwise couldn't achieve. They want to add value to their lives. What drives PhDs to sign up for five to eight years, foregoing salaries and pensions and often delaying families and purchasing homes and moving across the country or sometimes internationally? Is because they want the life of the mind or, or a faculty career, as they would p- probably say, right? 80% of humanities PhDs and 57% of STEM PhDs identify faculty careers as their first choice. And when you talk to them about it, it's because they see it as the life of the mind. For STEM, second choice careers are closely aligned. PhDs will also consider jobs in, in government research or academic research, just not on faculty career pathways. Only 25% of STEM PhDs want to pursue industry careers, which makes sense. People who want to move into industry do that without PhDs. Most jobs in industry require a bachelor's degree or a master's degree. They don't require PhDs. And of course, that brings me to what's motivating master's students. They are seeking a competitive advantage. They want to develop skills and knowledge that will allow them to make more money than they could with a bachelor's degree. In fact, in a survey of master's students, 87% said they were pursuing their degree in order to make more money. So you have the expectation of the users, of the students, of the customer, whatever you want to call them, the people that are actually forking over money in order to have these learning experiences and earn these degrees. And universities, you know, they implicitly and explicitly make this promise that you're going to be able to get a job or you're going to be able to have a life you wouldn't be able to get unless you earn these degrees. And the problem is it's not working out. I mean, first of all, degrees don't get people jobs. When you read a job description, it includes a degree requirement sometimes, sure, but it always includes years of experience, a master's degree plus three to five years of experience. You never see someone hoping to hire someone with a master's degree and zero years of experience, a PhD and three to five years of experience, not a PhD and zero years of experience. And the problem for graduate students is that graduate education is often light on experiences that industry values. This is true for PhDs. We have experience, but it's the wrong kind. We're busy working in the labs, researching and teaching, and academic work is just very different from work people do in industry. 
We're not working in cross-functional teams with customers and stakeholders or in a fast-paced environment with tight turnarounds. For master's students, the value of their degree will really depend on when they earn their degree and in what. There's a mad rush right now in universities to shorten master's degree programs, and this doesn't really help anyone. Students are in courses and maybe have to produce a, a capstone project, and then they get a master's degree, which sets them up to expect higher salaries, but too often they don't have any experience to go along with that degree. And if you're rushing through a master's program in a year, there's no time for a summer internship or practicum, you know, in the, the, those nine months. Now, people who have industry experience, let's say they already have those three years, then a master's degree, even just one of these one-year programs, can help them advance, right? Because they have the years of experience and then they add the advanced degree. If you have the advanced degree first, you still have to match it with experience. For someone with a bachelor's degree who does a one plus, you know, a, a, a plus one master's degree, right? So you do four years and then you stay an extra year and your university gives you a master's degree. You know, that, that degree has very little value, certainly not immediately. If you have no experience, your entry level, period, that goes for bachelor's degree holders, master's degree holders, and PhDs. Degrees alone signify mastery of knowledge. A PhD does, of course, provide transferable skills, but it doesn't allow people to develop the kinds of industry knowledge they need to be successful in other career fields like data science, project management, customer success, and UX research. And so many PhDs and master's degree holders, despite the fact they have these advanced degrees, they don't have the experience that aligns with what employers are looking for. The degree is never enough. It's never the thing. Employers value the application of skills and knowledge, and your ability to do this in the past is the best predictor that you will be able to do this in the future, right? Where have you applied your skills with success? Have you done a similar job in the past? You will be able to be successful in this role. So once PhDs and master's degree holders with no experience in industry gain that experience, well, then they they do fine. The problem is getting that entry-level position, that first job. And too often, people are being told they're overqualified, which they take to mean, you know, they shouldn't be applying for entry-level positions. You know, the problem is you're over-credentialed and under-linear work experience, right? And it is a very tough spot for PhDs and master's degree holders, which is why networking is just so critical to helping people land their first opportunity. And that brings me to my, my other point. One of the big problems facing alumni is that nobody is teaching them how to job search effectively. And when people are spending all of their time submitting resumes to online job postings, which is a giant waste of time, they're not networking. They're not reading themselves into new career fields. They're not building portfolios. They're not trying to find and identify ways to apply their skills with success in order to convince employers to hire them. And they're struggling because no one's explaining this to them and no one is explaining to them how to actually job search. Now, maybe you think people are getting this as undergraduates, but did you know that only 20% of undergraduates ever go to their career center? And they typically only go one time because only one in six actually find their career center helpful. And people in liberal arts and sciences find it the least helpful, while students in engineering business find their career center more useful. I mean, of course, right? Those are professional or applied degrees with direct pathways into into industry. The rest? No. The people that need the most help aren't getting it. 
And you know what ends up happening? Well, 40% of recent bachelor's degree holders actually end up working in jobs that don't even require a bachelor's degree. So some then believe that the bachelor's degree isn't enough. So they think that getting more schooling is going to help solve the problem. But again, if people lack industry experience and they don't know how to job search, then another degree isn't going to actually solve their problem. Alumni are struggling. That's what all the data shows. In a survey by Payscale, 40% of masters and MBAs and 34% of PhDs are underemployed, meaning they are not working in jobs that require or benefit from their advanced degrees. With PhDs, underemployment is a little bit more complex. Sure, a postdoc or an adjunct position technically requires a PhD, but it's not a good job. It doesn't pay well, doesn't come with job security, and there's no opportunities to advance. Most PhDs who end up in industry aren't working in jobs that require a PhD because so few jobs actually require or benefit from the type of training PhDs receive. A PhD is a highly specialized credential. Doctoral programs and postdocs are highly specialized training programs preparing people for academic careers. But of course, tenure track jobs are in decline and in limited supply. So for universities, efficiency of their programs isn't really measured by people by if their alumni are getting jobs outside of business schools. Actually, business schools do have metrics around whether or not students can get jobs. But for the most part, universities are measuring the success of their programs if people will enroll. And so people are earning degrees for which there is little or no demand in industry. They're spending time in, in classroom settings, settings, learning knowledge, but they aren't getting opportunities through internships or practicums to actually apply their skills. And, you know, to be fair, one internship hardly makes up for three to five years of full-time work experience, but it's something. Which is why so many PhDs and master's degree holders end up underemployed, especially in their first jobs. They have to balance out their specialized knowledge and training with industry experience. I should also note that many PhDs actually need to spend time retraining. Master's degree programs typically are more professionally focused. So when people get those degrees, they end up with knowledge that's applicable in industry. That's not true for PhDs. I just hosted a career panel as part of our ninth annual online career conference. The panel featured a PhD in history, uh, one in STEM, and one from biological life sciences. And we were talking about their transitions out of academia into industry. And all three of the panelists had to earn micro-credentials or a certificate in order to transition into industry. Penny Wen, the historian turned technical writer and instructional designer, she pointed out that, you know, too often PhDs are trying to land jobs, do this career transition with just transferable skills and a promise. Oh, I could do that. At least with a certificate and a portfolio, you can show an employer, oh, I can do that. And that's the piece that's missing. So we have an underemployment problem. People earn degrees and they can't land jobs that use those degrees, which means that many of these master's and PhDs programs have a negative return on investment. In fact, this might surprise you, an MBA has one of the worst returns on investment. Top 10 MBA programs, sure, you'll make your money back on those degrees, but 60% of MBA programs have a negative ROI and 40% of master's degrees also have a negative ROI. You can take a look at the study that I found. It uh, was done by the Foundation for Research on Equal Opportunity. You can Google the, the title of the report. It's called, Is Grad School Worth It? You can even look up your own program. I did. 
a PhD in history from UNC Chapel Hill has a negative $250,000 return on investment. (laughs) I mean, yikes. I didn't do it for the money, but I wasn't thinking that a PhD would cost me a quarter of a million dollars in lost earnings. Financially, I would have been better off had I not done my PhD. But, you know, regrets are a waste of time, and I, I did truly enjoy my experience having the chance to read books and explore topics I wouldn't have been able to do in another context. But yikes, $250,000? That's a lot of money. The problem for universities is that when alumni can't build careers, they blame their education and their training. We hear this all the time at Beyond Prof and Beyond Grad School. People are frustrated, they're angry, they're worried, they're depressed, they're scared. And they talk about their frustrations and disappointments on social media too, LinkedIn and Twitter. Alumni tell people in surveys that they can't get jobs and they're struggling, all the data I just shared with you. Policy papers are written about struggling alumni and high debt loads, and those stories get picked up by the press. And then what happens? People start doubting the value of advanced degrees. And you can see this happening right now. Gen Z, they're opting out of traditional four-year education, and many are going right into the workforce. And why not? If your cousin, who's a couple years older than you, earned a four-year degree, took out a bunch of debt, and now works in retail, why would you bother? You'd just go right into retail, skip the four years or the six years of debt, and start earning money now. The number of people going to graduate school is also declining. And actually, this is a pretty interesting story, although really, it's not that surprising. Over the past 10 years, universities have blown up master's degree programs because undergraduate enrollment has declined, and they've been using master's degrees to plug the financial hole in their budgets. Undergraduate enrollment peaked in 2010. That was peak of millennials going to college, and millennials earned bachelor's degree at a way higher rate than any previous generation. Partly it had to do with the Great Recession in 2008 and 2009. People tend to go to university to wait out a crappy economy. What that meant, though, was that there was a huge potential applicant pool for graduate school. More bachelor's degrees, more people eligible for graduate school. So it makes sense that over the past 10 years, the number of people earning graduate degrees has also increased. But it's actually a deceptive number. The graduate school participation rate actually dropped by 15%. What that means is, sure, there were more people who could earn masters and PhDs, but a smaller share of millennials went to graduate school than Gen X. And that's because they're not convinced of the value of those degrees. They're also in debt, right? Millennials have been absolutely snowed under with student loan debt. It's why this generation is slower to get married, have children, or buy houses. They can't afford it, and they can't afford graduate school even if they wanted to go. And that problem gets covered in the press, on social media, and, you know, through communities. Again, you see your cousin, your neighbor, your friend, and they're struggling. So what information do you take away from that? People aren't coming. 2021 saw a decline in graduate school enrollment for the first time in a decade. It was a small dip by only 0.5%. But if you keep in mind that it had been growing year over year by 2 to 3%, that's actually a pretty big decline. And now the trouble for universities 
is there are fewer people earning bachelor's degrees, which means there are fewer people to earn graduate degrees. And master's degrees have been cash cows for institutions for the past decade. You know, other than using aggressive marketing tactics, they're going to need to figure out how to convince people that graduate programs still make sense. Now, when I look into this data and start digging a little deeper, what becomes incredibly clear to me is that people do not know how to job search. They don't actually know how to leverage their education or training to build their careers because their graduate programs don't teach them that. So I was joking with Melissa, who does digital marketing for us, about, you know, based on all this data, imagine writing a review of your graduate program, but as though it was a product you bought online. What would you say? Does not match description, does not match the pictures that I was shown. If I could give this zero stars, I would. Buyer beware, total scam. Not worth the price. I ordered one, it was a bit damaged. So I ordered another one and it also came damaged. So I tried a third time, it's also broken, and now I have three and they're totally useless. Came without instructions and the YouTube videos weren't helpful. Now it just sits against my wall. In fact, find me on LinkedIn and send me your Amazon review of your program. I'd really love to read it. The problem for universities is this. When alumni can't build careers that they are promised, they blame you and they publicly blame you. The reputation and long-term viability of graduate programs is directly connected to alumni career outcomes, and yet not enough people are making that connection, and too many alumni are struggling. Too many graduate programs still do very little to prepare alumni to actually build these careers. Career services are underfunded, staff positions are cut or left vacant. The deans and the career centers that do get it, well, they're increasingly working out to people like us, to partner with organizations like us, because they realize that unless their alumni get jobs, admissions will drop. And to successfully prepare hundreds or thousands of graduate students requires a digital, scalable solution now. Universities don't have time for nine studies and 16 committees that it would take to do something in-house. They have to learn from the struggles of their alumni right now and do a pivot fast. And that's where partnerships with industry can be incredibly beneficial. Anyway, if you are out there as a struggling alumni, I hope that you listen to some of our earlier podcast episodes where I talk about how to actually job search. And I promise over the next coming weeks, we'll share more tips and strategies so that you can build a career where you're feeling good about what you do, using your talents and skills, and being paid what you are worth. We appreciate you joining us for this episode of Job Search the Smart Way, a podcast for graduate students and PhDs. For more resources to help you launch your next great career, be sure to visit beyondprof.com and sign up for our free events. And remember, smart people work everywhere.